good evening, everyone. Are you happy to be here? Now, that was kind of weak. Come on now. We can do better than that. Are you happy to be here? All right. So, you know, I've been going back and forth what to say, asking the Lord and everything, and I'm, I'm going to say this. You know, too many times we want to be blessed. Lord, bless me with this. Lord, bless me with that. You know, and that's not the way we should be. If we do get a blessing, hallelujah, great. You know, that's that's awesome, you know. But, you know, Lisa sent me something the other day. I was over working on their house, you know, trying to help her get things done and everything. And she sent me something, and it's kind of stuck with me all week. And she said at the end of her text, she said, Go and be a blessing for somebody else. You know, and that's really stuck with me. Because I was thinking about that, and I just kept thinking about that. Well, I work Friday night, and uh, the Trey, my buddy, that's, you know, he's finally coming back to the Lord after his journey of walking away. Yeah, I said he walked away, and he's coming back, right? And he was having a hard time, Friday, or actually it was Thursday evening. He was having a hard time, Okay. He, he was, you know, one of them where the devil was just really pounding on him, you know. And when I called him, because our boss forgot to ask him about working Friday night, so I called him and asked him, and I could tell something was wrong, you know. But he, he wouldn't tell me anything. And we talked for a minute, and I asked him about working, and he was just shot over the moon because, you know, he's he was needing some overtime. He had, I, I don't ask. It ain't none of my business, but he's been asking for overtime. And he was just, he's, yeah, 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 I'll be there, no problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, Friday night when it was just me and him, we can talk, you know, without other people being in our business or bugging us or, you know, just everything. And he goes, you know, I really needed that. You know, it, you just don't know when you need to call somebody, but the Lord does. He'll put it on you to call somebody. He'll put it on you to send a text to somebody. He'll put it on you to go to somebody, right, and lay your hands on them. No matter when it is, where it is, or it don't matter. We need to quit worrying about us being blessed. We need to listen to the Lord and bless somebody else. And if we do get it, hallelujah. But we need to work on touching other people. We need to work on blessing other people, and it don't you, it is not money you're going to bless them with. Bless them with a word from the Lord. You know, the Lord will tell you what to say and how to do it. I promise you. You know, I lost a wrench at work the other week. Uh, me and me and Canaan was working. We had to go into the furnace room. Right, it was hot, like 700 degrees above his furnace, and it was acting up, and we had to fix it. We didn't have a choice. We had to get up there, and we had people watching us. But we got what tools we needed, you know, and these tools ain't cheap. I'm talking about a ratchet wrench. That could be like $30, $40. And I misplaced that thing, right? I'm using all standard stuff. And I'm sitting here looking for this wrench. And I'm like, Lord, where is this thing? I said, Lord, help me find it. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I'm asking the Lord to help me find it because I've done looked in my tool bag. I've done looked at the big ginormous lift that we was in because we had to lift up into the air and work on this furnace, right? So, and I went and asked Canaan. I said, did you happen to grab my ratchet wrench? 
He goes, no. He said, did you look in the lift? I said, three times. I said, Lord, help me. I don't know where these things went. And it's one of our most common used ranches, right? And he said, look in your millimeter bag. That was it. That's all I heard. Look in your millimeter bag. Now, you tell me why that wrench got in my millimeter when I was using all standard stuff. But the Lord knowed exactly where it was at. That's what I mean. When he tells you to do something, we need to learn to do it. I'm bad about it. I'm not going to sit here and preach to y'all telling y'all should. I mean, I've done it. The Lord's moved on me, and I was too scared to get up and do something about it. And I felt so bad about it afterwards. But you know what? I asked the Lord to do it again. Have you? You know, we need to bless other people. That will bring more people to Jesus than trying to shove religion down their throats. Don't sit there and harp on them. Well, you're not right. You're not doing this right. You don't need to get yourself to church, and that's all you need to do. The Lord will do the rest. We need to invite more people to this church. You know, I was sitting here praying this morning to see some new faces. Yes, they are kind of new, but they've been here before, so I'm just happy to see y'all, and I'm glad y'all are here tonight. So just remember, it don't. it, it could be... It could be driving somebody to church. It's as simple as that, blessing them. I'm not looking for anything out of it. I'm just glad to see they're in church. You know, that's a blessing to me. So as y'all go out through your next week and y'all get ready, if the Lord pulls on you, pulls on your heartstrings to talk to somebody, reach out to them. Even if it's just a phone call. See, Trey just needed that phone call. He just needed to hear somebody's voice at that given time. He was sitting there crying out to the Lord like he was preaching about this morning. The Lord didn't talk to him. He, he put it on my heart to call him right then and there. Just like what he was preaching about this morning. Lay it out for him. He was laying it out. But the Lord didn't speak to him. He spoke to me to call him. It made his day so much better. Just that one phone call. So you never know what somebody's going through, how they're going through it, or when they're going to go through it. But the Lord does. The Lord does. Dear Lord in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for this church service this morning, Lord. It really pulled at our heartstrings, Lord. And Lord, as we get ready for this week, Lord, and we lay it out on the table for you, Lord, we ask you to just... Hear our cries, Lord. Help us to get through the week, Lord. Pull on our heartstrings to help somebody else, Lord. No matter, because we don't know exactly what everybody's going through, and it ain't our business, Lord, but, Lord, it is yours, Lord. We just thank you for everything you're doing, Lord. We thank you for everybody here tonight, Lord. I ask you to touch each and every single person sitting in these pews tonight, Lord. I ask you to touch them greatly, Lord. Some of us are dealing with sickness, Lord. Some of us are dealing with body aches, Lord. Lord, I ask you to touch us right now where we are, Lord. I ask you to anoint Brother Thomas tonight with the message like you did this morning, Lord. And, Lord, we need another outpouring, Lord, just like... Yes, Lord, we just need you to come into this church, Lord. Touch each and every single one of us, Lord. And we just give you the praise and the glory for everything that's happened in our life, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And when we begin this service, Lord, it's all for you, Lord. Amen.
I know that he is my best friend. Well, I face my share of trials down here along the way, but I can almost see the lights. I'll soon be. 
Sure, at least we know what we're shouting about. Well, we left our sins at Calvary. <laughs> we're covered by the blood. We've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Decorated in God's love. Oh, well, I'm going on with Jesus just the same. I'm going on with Jesus just the same. Sure, I know what I'm shouting about. I left my sins at Calvary, they're covered by His blood. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost and cradled in God's love. Well, I'm going on with Jesus just the same. Oh, well, I'm going on with Jesus just the same.
Hey, I like that part. You can laugh at me when I shout, but we know what we're shouting about. Amen. Praise the Lord. We used to be shouting the wrong shout. Now we're shouting the right shout. We're on the right side. Amen. We're going to take up the offering and thank everybody for giving. And uh, praise the Lord. We have church this morning, didn't we? I'm charged up. I'm still charged up. I didn't go home, go sleep, no nap, no nothing. I just went and ate, and I went and did something, come on right on back to church. I said, Lord, I feel like I got a shot of juice or something today. Praise the Lord. We all need it, though. Trust me. Preachers need it as much as anybody. Sometimes we get drained. Amen. We need a shot, and I thank God for the shot of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. But we had church, and I know we're going to have a good one tonight, so... If you're watching, we want to thank you for helping us, those that help us to give. And don't forget, we're trying to plan a trip for Africa in October. And uh, so we need you to give financially to help us to get there. And we're going to watch the Lord do the rest. Amen. Let's pray. And if you have an offering, you can come and bring it. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the gift that you gave us, salvation through the blood of your son. And, Lord, we pray, God, that you bless the offering tonight. You bless the givers. Lord, whether they have little to give or a lot to give, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would touch them. I pray that you meet every need that they have. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. There 
there's a race to be run. You can live as you please, but you must pay the cost and the highway to heaven still goes by the cross some of his members thought he was old-fashioned not willing to change with the times so they found other churches more modern day preachers who were willing to let things go by but the old preacher man stood for what he believed in and what he had preached for years as he stands there this morning in a near empty church house his open remarks are these words there's a heaven to hell to shine the way is still straight yes <laughs> there's a race to be run you can live as you please but you must pay the cost and the highway to heaven it still goes by the cross some of his members thought he was old-fashioned not willing to change with the times so they found other churches more modern day preachers who were willing to let things go by but the old preacher stood for what he believed in and what he had preached for years as he stands there this morning in a near empty church house his open marks were these words there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shine the way is still straight there's a race to be you must pay the cost and the highway to heaven it still goes by the cross well there's a heaven to gain 
There's a race to be run You can live as you please But you must pay the cost And the highway to heaven It still goes by the cross You can live as you please But you must pay the cost And the highway to heaven It still goes by the cross Hallelujah Lord, that's a good song. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Mm. You can live as you please. You can. But in the end, there's a cost. Amen. And the only way out of hell is the cross. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We need more of those voices sounding out today, warning people. We got enough of the love everybody, tickle everybody's ears, preachers. And we do need to preach love. I'm preaching on it tonight. And we do need to tell people the truth. It needs to be balanced. But we can't avoid telling people the truth for the sake of just loving everybody. Amen. True love demands that you tell people the truth. You love your children. You tell them the truth. You love your children. You you spank them. Because you love them. Not because you want to be mean to them. You, but you love them. You have to discipline, correct them, show them the way, and then let the Lord do it. I'm ringing up here again. Whatever you did the last time, stop that ringing. You can do, I know you can do it again. I know you got it. Tonight, we're going to go to 1 John chapter uh, 3. 1 John chapter 3 in the New Testament. I take my Bible back up tonight, my big Bible. From this morning, I was able to get my page taped back up pretty good, I think. But praise the Lord, I love my Bible. I love the Expositor Study Bible more than any. Y'all like y'all's Expositor's Bibles? Everybody's got them? I know you do. Good Bibles. I always read them pretty much from mine, pretty much when I'm doing my daily reading. I don't read all the notes every single time. I read them sometimes. I do. Sometimes I just read the Scripture. But I think it's one of the best Bibles in the world. That's the one I preach from. Uh, y'all Okay. There's a lot of people that's got a problem with this Bible. I don't know why. It's one of the best study Bibles in the world. One of the best Bibles that can explain things to you that most of your other study Bibles won't, won't even tell you. It's when it comes to doctrine. Now, there's a lot of other things you can learn from some study Bibles. But when I believe in this Bible, when it comes to doctrine and systematic teaching, you're not going to find a better Bible in the world than the Expositor Study Bible First John chapter 3, um, verse 11, the Bible says, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not. My brethren, if the world hates you, we know 
that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He who loves not his brother abides in death. Whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. I want to preach tonight on the subject of love, the love of God. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we ask you to help us tonight. We ask you to anoint your word as it's spoken tonight, that we could understand, that we could be touched, that we could be changed, that, Lord, we could learn things, we could see things. Lord, that there's things in our own heart, Lord, that need to be changed, that there's areas that need to be softened. Lord, you're able to do it. And, Lord, we know that the only way that we can love anybody the way that we should is to know Jesus Christ and to love him more than anything in this world. And, Lord, we ask you tonight that if we're lacking in this area, that you fill it up, that you take out the stones, take out the hard places, the things, Lord, that don't need to be in our way that would ever stop us from loving people, especially our brethren, especially our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And, Lord, we thank you tonight for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you for what you did this morning, and I believe, Lord, that that message is going to go all around this world somehow, some way. People are going to hear that message, and they're going to be touched, Lord, and they're going to be encouraged. I praise you today. I thank you, Lord, that you give us good things. As, as, as um, Brian said, blessings, you want to bless us, but you want us to be a blessing to somebody else. And, Lord, help us tonight to be able to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. I felt like the Lord, I already knew I was preaching both services here today, and I was reading through my daily reading the other day, and I stopped here. I couldn't get past this. Of course, the Lord had already given me the message for this morning, but I couldn't get through this as I was reading, and I felt in my spirit that this is where the Lord was wanting me to go tonight to talk about, to preach about the love of God and there's so much that can be said about the subject of love. If you do a word search on the word love, I didn't check to see, but I promise you, it's thousands of times you're going to find love in the Word of God. And so uh, I'm not here to go through all that, tell you about how many times it's there. You can look it up if you want to. That's not the point. The point is that we, as children of God, that we learn how to walk in the love of God. Walk in it. I, I was thinking about this as I was, you know, getting ready for this, and I, the Lord took me back to when he first saved me. Because before I got saved, I didn't have any love. Before you got saved, you didn't know what love was. And I had a lot of animosity towards some people. I had some bitterness. I had a little hatred. And things, but you know, one of the very first things I can remember when I got saved, I can remember this like it was yesterday. When I got born again, my whole spirit was changed. One of the first things that I can remember was looking at people for the first time and saying, I can love them. 
where there's a song we saying, where there was hate, love now abides. And I remember that how that God put that that love in my heart, even though I didn't understand the message of the cross and all that stuff. You look, you don't have to understand that. <laughs> To, to start out loving people, but you've got to experience the love of Jesus first for yourself because that's where love comes from. It's God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so I don't ever remember anybody in the beginning ever having to tell me, you need to love everybody. I don't remember that. I'm sure I heard it from time to time. I'm sure in a service I heard it, preached at some point or some time. But the point is, there's some things that you don't have to have somebody telling you all the time if you walk in it, if you're accepting it, if if you're living in it. And, well, of course, we're like sheep, the Bible says, and we're stubborn at times, and we get off track, so we have to be pulled back in the line, and we have to be careful because the love of God that he puts into our soul when we get saved, it, it is automatic. It is there. He puts, us, puts it in us. But just like, listen, love is a fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is what? The number one, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, self-control. So if... We, when we read the New Testament, and especially some of Paul's epistles where he says that the works of the flesh can be manifest in us and they can harm us, then that means that that love that Jesus has put in us, if we don't go God's way in this sanctification process, this ongoing love will not be growing in our heart. And listen... When you encounter a negative situation with somebody, and you're going to, if this message, if this love is not remaining, look, growing, you as a Christian can find yourself walking around with bitterness toward people and animosity toward people that you're supposed to be able to put your arms around and say, I love you. And I don't remember preaching a message like this, and I don't know that I ever have. I probably have, but I don't remember, recall, preaching anything like this, but I know this is what the Lord gave me for tonight because there's some people in this place you need to learn what walking in love is walking in it not just picking and choosing loving the few in your little group we are commanded by God Jesus said by this shall all all the world all men are going to know that you're my children because you all sit together in here and you love one another You don't bicker and backbite against one another. You don't gossip about one another. You don't slander one another in church. You don't tear people down in your church. You don't tear people down in the body. You don't tear down cross preachers. 
That's not love. That's division. And again, it's, this stuff has got to be balanced because you can take, you could take, for instance, like a message I preached this morning. Somebody that don't understand that, they turn right around and say, he's hateful, he's mean, he shouldn't say that, and blah, blah, blah. But just like the song said, the old preacher man, I ain't that old, he preaches the truth. <laughs> the young preacher man, the old preacher man, he stands in that pulpit faithfully telling people there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. That's love. That's real love. And you, you've had encounters with people that you've had to tell things to that you didn't necessarily uh, in your flesh want to tell them, but you had to tell them because you felt compelled and you didn't get a positive reaction from them, but you know it was God's love moving on you to tell them. You had to warn them. And that is love, real love. Jesus warned people. The apostles warned people. The prophets warned people. And at the same time, they loved the very people that they preached to. And the one, this is one of the characteristics of a true child of God. Love. And again, that love can only be developed. It's there at salvation. God gives it to you. But then it's got to be developed. It's got to be enlarged upon. It's got to be exercised. Because, as I said this morning, you know, God knows that we're going to run into situations somewhere down the road to where our love is going to be tested. To where, to where <laughs> this message that we hear is going to have to be tested. And so he knows, why would he, why would the Bible tell us, and I'm going to try to get into some of this in this chapter, why are we encouraged or admonished to love one another? And, and sometimes there's emphasis put upon it. Jesus said, you need to love one another. You're my disciples and people need to know that you love one another. Because Jesus knew that there would be friction at times. He knew that one brother may fail and another brother may not like it. <laughs> he knew that one preacher may say something that the other one don't like. He knew that there may be, remember the division that took place in the book of Acts whenever Paul was being led by the Spirit to try to go to these areas to preach and who was it? Was it Apollos? Whoever it was decided that he wanted to take John Mark with them. And Paul said, no, I don't think that's a good idea right now. And, and, no, I don't, and it said there was a sharp contention between them. And they ended up going separate ways. But the Holy Spirit seemed to commend Paul because he was being led by the Spirit. But the other preacher didn't want to heed. Now, it just, it just says that there was a sharp contention between them. I'm glad I, I wouldn't want to have been there. But that's a perfect opportunity for the devil to try to come in and bring division. 
But we know later on down the road, some of that stuff was changed. John Mark was recommended. He was used by God in a great way. It's just at the time, Paul felt through the Holy Spirit it was not a good idea. He was not prepared for what God wanted to do, and the other one didn't see it like that because he was not on the level that Paul was on. That's my understanding. may be different. I don't know. Get to heaven, we'll find out. It don't really matter. The point is contention. But I believe that Paul walked away with nothing in his heart towards that other preacher. And that's how we have to be. Preachers, Christians, even when somebody does something we don't like, we got to be careful that we don't allow division to come and cause us to start losing our love for one another. Even if I disagree with you, I still love you. If you disagree with me, it's okay. But still love me. Because you got to love me to get to heaven. I got to love you to get to heaven. <laughs> and again, but love don't come at the expense of compromising the truth. We don't do that. But we are commanded... Let me go back. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning. Well, where did you hear from the beginning? I go back to what I just told you about our testimony being saved. I heard it from the Holy Spirit. I heard it when I started reading the Bible. I heard it. I I thought about it when I would think about all of the, or some of the mean and nasty, hateful things that I had done to some people, like my wife said last week, before I got saved, and I would sometimes think I would cringe in my spirit and say, Oh God, I wish I'd never done that. Now, how can that be? Because love had been put into my heart for the very first time the love of God. And Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross is the greatest display of any kind of love. You got that picture? Put it up if you can. It's just a picture I pulled up off of the internet. I tried to get a shot of it and ask her if she'll put it on the screen if we can get it to go on there. I want to show you what love is, what real love is. In the name of Jesus, change. No, we ain't got a minute. You got five seconds. <laughs> a minute, they'll be gone. Love, it's similar to that picture kind of on the screen, but it's not. Anyway, you can't know what love is until you experience the power of the blood. Until you experience, until you see what Jesus did, there's love. You know who that was for? Hmm. Old nasty, stinky, self-righteous, 
hateful, bitter, alcoholic, whoremongers, jealous people, envious people, divisive people, all kind of people. I know it's just a depiction. It's it's a little worse. It's a little better than what most others show because they just show him hanging on a cross. But if you can look at really details, you can see all the cuts, the skin off of him. And it ain't really Jesus, but it's a depiction of him. That's what he went through. And you know why he did that? You know what? who his arms are stretched out for? <laughs> Praise God. You know who his hands are nailed to that cross for? Brother, that's love. You telling me you're having a hard time loving somebody? Come on, you better, you better get with it tonight. That right there is God's love. That, that is what we get when we open our heart and let him come in. That's the very first thing he does. He fills our heart with love. That's why you want to tell other people about him. That's why you want to witness, as Brian said. That's why you want to share this. You don't want to hog it all to yourself. Don't be a spiritual hog. Give it to somebody. You can take it down now. They got it. But that's the whole purpose of the cross. God's love to save us And we learned this when we got saved. But you know, in the 25 years that I've been saved, I don't know, I can't count the times, don't have to. I just wonder how many times the devil has tried to use something to put a wedge there and stop my love, hinder my love. Satan hinders people from being saved. He he tries to hinder, even like us going into foreign countries, to Africa, people will love another skin color. You would think that everybody would be gung-ho, hey, that's a great thing, man. But do you know how many people that claim to be Christians say they're wasting their money going to places like that? Where's your love? Where's your love? And the devil, he uses devices to try to hinder the gospel so that this love that we have can't be taken to somebody else. And we, we don't want, we don't want our, our love to be squandered. And again, I ain't talking about Loving people to the point that you just compromise with everything. Then you start going along with sin and wrongdoing. No, we don't do that and we're not going to do that. But at the same time, we have to love one another. I said we have to love one another. One thing I want to say about this little church that we started going through years ago. Most of the altar calls were worthless. Because there was no dealing with sin, really, no preaching, you know, and preaching it like it needed to be preached. But from time to time, they'd give an altar call, and the pastor would say, Now we all need to come up here. I want everybody up front, and we're all going to join hands. 
and love one another. And we're going to pray for one another. And he was right. And because I can remember some of those times feeling, you know, hey, we need this. Christians need this. Because, they're, you know, it might just be somebody sitting behind you or beside you or in front of you. You've been a little bit agitated with the last few months. Hmm, surely not in church. <laughs> might be somebody in your family. <laughs> or maybe nobody's sitting beside you. Maybe it's somebody on the job. Maybe it's somebody. <laughs> uh, anywhere. If we don't confine it to just this little building here. Your family. You know the ones that think you're crazy for coming to this church. The ones that think you're too, you're too hard on your children because you don't let them just do anything. And you have to love them. <laughs> you don't have to go along with them, but you have to love them. Your family. There's a fine line there. But we don't, we can't compromise the truth for love. Because when you go back to the beginning of this chapter here, the, the, really, the reason that this, this, this was all even written was because there was false doctrine being spread in the area of Ephesus, and I think it, they said the, na- the name of the man was Serentius or something like that, who was coming in with Gnostic teaching and, and telling people that, you know, since you're in, this, you're in this, this body of yours here on this earth, you know, you, you can sin, you can sin in your body, and it ain't going to affect your soul and spirit. Really. And false teaching slips in and people start listening to the wrong gospel. Now we got a problem. Because the love of God that operates on the basis of what Jesus did on the cross to break the power of sin has now been compromised has now been pushed aside. And without that, the fruit of the Spirit doesn't grow like it's supposed to. The love isn't growing. The peace isn't growing. The long-suffering, the fruit of the Spirit, the, the things that the Bible says that against such there is no law. In other words, God wants them to continue to grow in us. You ought to have more love for people today than you did six months ago. Than when you got saved. Love, and especially for the brethren. Other believers. It's the message that we've heard from the beginning that we should love one another, not as Cain. He's going to use an example here. Who was of that wicked one. And he slew his brother. Why did, why, wherefore did he slew him? Because his own works were evil and his brothers were righteous. You see, Cain's love wasn't God's love. Cain's love is the world's love. We, we go back to the story 
in the beginning, Genesis, was it chapter 4, chapter 5, 4, I think it was, where this story begins, when the Bible says that Cain and Abel, they, Adam and Eve had two sons. Y'all know the story. One, Cain, was a tiller of the ground, farmer, so to speak. Abel was a keeper of the sheep. And the Bible said that they, in the process of time, when it came to pass that they come to, to bring an offering unto the Lord that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and Abel brought one of the firstlings of the flock, the sheep, and come to worship God and God sees both of them as they approach him and one he accepts and one he rejects. He accepts the one that was doing things the right way. He accepts the one who was believing what mama and daddy taught him. And I have to believe that they did. How did they know? How did these boys know to come worship God, to come and bring a sacrifice? One brings the right and one brings the wrong. So, the Bible says that he accepted Abel's sacrifice because it was a sacrifice of an animal. It was symbolic of Jesus Christ, even though they didn't know all that. But his brother Cain says, I don't need to fool with that bloody stuff. Killing animals ain't for me. Sacrificing stuff ain't for me. That's just too gruesome. That's just too... too na- I, I got something a whole lot better than that. And I've, I produced it with my own hands. And he tries to offer to God, the Bible says, the fruit of the ground. And God confronted him. He said, what do you, if you would come like your brother with a sacrifice, if you would believe by faith and put your faith in bringing a sacrifice to me that I have required, will you not be accepted like your brother? Huh. And the Bible said that Cain got very angry, got very mad because he got confronted. But at the same time, God is even showing compassion to him. Offering him another chance, love. And the Bible says that they left out of the presence of God and Cain decided to set up a meeting with his brother. And he appeared to be all loving. (laughs) And took him out to a field, it's believed somewhere, most likely, inviting him to have a dinner, whatever it was, playing Mr. Nice Guy with his fake love. And because he's angry inside, he's hateful inside because God said his brother is accepted. Kind of sounds like the religion of Islam. They want to kill those who won't accept theirs. Murder. 
And he went out and killed his brother. The first murder over religion. Because his brother went God's way and he didn't. And today, you and I who are living in these last days, you will be persecuted for living for Jesus. You will be blasted. You will be, they will assassinate your character on two Facebook. They will lie on you. They'll murder you with their tongue. And the reason is because they're not going God's way. I hit a wall. They're not going God's way. Because when you truly understand the message of the cross and the power of that work is working in your heart, you can't hate people. You can't slander people. You can't lie on people. You can't make up stuff on people. That ain't God's love. That's the devil's work. I said, that's the devil's work. And he's good at what he does. But the, the message, he says, so it's not as Cain, so Cain's, Cain's love, that wasn't God's love. That's the work of the devil. Murdering and slandering and killing your brother. God confronted him and said, where's your brother at? And he smarts off to God. Am I my brother's keeper? I don't know where he's at. So God set a mark up on him. So okay, you'll be cursed from this day forward. And you're going to be a wanderer and a vagabond. And everybody's going to know you're a murderer. I don't know all the details of what happened. I just know that the Lord told him some things and he let him go. He said that because his own works were evil... Cain's works were evil. Cain's, Cain's sacrifice, Cain's offering to God was evil. That's how God saw it. And the result was the murder of his brother. And it said because his brothers were righteous. He said, marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. Don't be surprised. You young people in here, listen to Brother Thomas. Don't be surprised when you're hated. Luke, Anna Kate, Braxton, Austin, David, Emily, Eli. They're getting, they're getting big enough. They'll understand. They'll understand. Don't be surprised when some of the other kids at school hate you because you talk about Jesus. You read your Bible. You go to church. And you don't go to a popular church. <laughs> but you go to a good church. You go to a church where the truth is preached. So don't be surprised. Marvel not if the world hates you. And look, the world should hate you. <laughs> The world, <laughs> you ought not be one bit surprised that there are some people on your job that don't want to be around you. Yep. 
you ought not be the least bit surprised that they don't even want to work near you. Marvel not if the world hates you. But listen, he said, we know that we have passed from death unto life when we understand this, that we love one another. I thank God tonight that I can say I passed from death to life. And the proof of it is that I am standing here tonight in my right mind telling you the gospel truth in love, in the fear of God, knowing that I'm going to be judged by Him one day and Him alone. And it's His love that works in me that causes me to tell you the truth. We pass from death to life because we love one another. This is one of the ways you know that you are truly born again. Now, you don't have to love everything everybody does because we don't. Well, there's things a lot of us we just don't love that other people do, even Christians. Come on now. But you still have to love them. <laughs> Because you have to be careful. Why? Why? Because bitterness cannot set in through circumstances and situations with people. You can't allow bitterness. The, the, the deceitfulness of sin, the Bible says, you can't let it creep in and harden the heart towards somebody. We, we have to be real careful that we keep, we, we have to, boy, don't we got a full-time job? <laughs> Every day, a full-time job, making sure that we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Full-time job. So why in the world are some of you worried about everybody else? Trying to pick out the motes out of people's eyes when you got beams in yours. But we know that we pass from death into life because we love the brethren. You know what? Another sign of love is you want to go to church with other believers. That's a sign of God's love. I'm going to go back to my testimony again. I could not wait to get to church with other Christians when we got saved. I couldn't wait. That little Pentecostal church we went to with my mama down there in Loud, we could not wait. Get there early. We wanted to be with God's people in church, praising the Lord, hearing the gospel, even though it wasn't all what it should have been, we still wanted to be there. God's love will cause you to want to be with God's people. So come to church when it's time to come to church and love God's people. <laughs> we love the brethren. So you want to go to church. You want, you, want, you want to participate in the things of God. 
That's because God's love is working in you. You want to, like Brian said, you want to witness to other people because it's God's love in you. You want them to have what you have, or do you? You want them to have eternal life. I know the emphasis here is more so on brethren, all of us loving each other. I know that. But even the world, we are commanded to love the lost. (laughs) You can't hate anybody. (laughs) In church or out of church. (laughs) He said... He who loves not his brother abides in death. Boy, I would hate to think that I was walking through the doors of a church week after week with darkness in my heart because I was angry at somebody that I wouldn't forgive or let go of. He who loves not his brother abides in death. This is to Christians. This ain't the world. This is believers. He abides in death. How can a Christian abide in death? It means you're walking in darkness. Your heart is clouded. There's something in your way that's hindering you because of Something somebody's done to you that you won't let go of. Mm. There's something somebody in church did that you didn't like and you just won't forget it. Mm. That's why we always, you know, try to remind us here from time to time, you know, about, you know, when we come to church, what our purpose is and not to come here with our. Uh, lasers on one another but to remember we're here for Jesus Christ and we're here to get the blinders on and let God deal with us let God touch our heart let God change us because if you sit around getting hung up on what somebody else did in church and you get to thinking about it too much and all you got is them on your mind and then you come in here and you can't you miss a move of God God can't do anything in you because you sitting there thinking about that one person that ain't been here in so long come on y'all God wants to clean the church up. Y'all want to see the world won? You want to see some lost people come through these doors and get saved? You better learn how to love one another. (laughs) We better learn how to forgive one another. Even, even, no matter what they've done, let it go. Forgive them. Drop it. (laughs) Let it go. Lay it down. Give it to Jesus. Throw it off. And if you have to do it every day, do it until you're released from it. And then God, God will do a work in your heart and in your life. He said, Whoever, whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. Mm, these are strong words. I'm going to tell you, a lot of Christians, they can't even handle hearing this. You post this on Facebook. And see how many likes you get. And see how many shout-me-downs you get. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. So you don't have to go out and commit the act of murder. All you got to do is sit around with murder in your heart. 
All you got to do is sit around with envy and animosity and, and I don't want to see him again. And he better not ever come back through the doors of this church. Hey, murderer. I'm talking to some murderers. You better let God get it out of your heart. I'm just telling you what's on my heart tonight. I can feel the darts getting pew, pew, pew. But you ain't hurting me. It's yourself. Because if you have something in your heart against somebody, this is serious. And you don't forgive them and you won't release them, you're going to hurt yourself. But not only do you hurt yourself, look, you can hurt your church. You can hurt the work of God. And while God is wanting to move in these last days, we sure don't need animosity between ourselves. We don't need bickering. We don't need backbiting. We don't need, I don't want to ever see him again. We don't, we, we need the Lord to move in our heart and to soften our heart and give us the love like he did the day that he saved us. We need to be renewed tonight, some of us. We need a heart melted one more time so when we walk out the door, everything just looks like love. (laughs) Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. Look, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. <laughs> you ain't, you better be careful. Because you can't be a Christian and hate your brother and think you're going to walk up through the pearly gates of heaven and look in the face of the one that died for you to free you from your sin and all of your darkness and all of your bondage and you don't want to forgive somebody? It's a warning. It's not saying that if if you're having feelings towards somebody, you know, and you're getting upset with people, and you know you're kind of about ready to cross the line, you're going to hell, blah, blah. No, that ain't what it means. Because we all get agitated with one another from time to time, don't we? And we just have to throw it off. Husbands and wives, y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, <laughs> We all get agitated with one another, don't we? But we still love one another. Hello? That's that's the true hallmark of a Christian. You can disagree, you can get agitated with me or me with you. But before we by the time church over and I walk out that door, I won't say I can walk out with nothing in my heart against anybody. Anybody. That's the way God wants us to be. And the church world needs, they need this. We all need this. The whole church world needs to experience the true love of God. You children, sometimes you don't like it when mama and daddy tells you that you got to do certain things. They do it because they love you and they know what's best for you. And I know y'all kids think y'all know everything. And you ain't going to realize that you don't know nothing until you hit about 30 or 35. 
It's like they know it all. You tell them, I know, I know, I know. Am I preaching to your kids? Do I need to preach to them a little more? <laughs> your parents do it because they love you. We love our children. We want to see you protected. We don't want to see the devil take you off. We don't want to see the world get its filthy clutches on you. Some of us, we've been there. We know what it's like. That's why we always, we warned Michaela, oh gosh, that was one of my worst fears with her growing up. I said, oh God, I don't, I don't ever want her to go down the road we went down, Lord. She don't have to, God. Lord, keep her, God. Show her it's evil. God, protect her. And up to this point, he's done it. Yes, she's had her bad times. She's done stupid like we all have. And she's still growing. She's young. And she's figuring it out. And she's going to figure it out even more because God's going to do things for her. But you don't know it all. So stop thinking that you do. Listen to somebody who's got some good sound advice who knows the word of God and take it as good advice and use it we live in a day and age where people they don't want to be told nothing they don't want to be told you're wrong that's wrong you don't do that people don't want to hear it but God says there's things right and there's things that are wrong and in the end, you're going to answer to him. So kids, you can't hate your parents. <laughs> oh, I remember when I was a kid, some of y'all used to get a good whipping with a switch. Get them legs tore up. And I sure didn't say it, but boy, I'd go back to my bedroom and I'd cuss my daddy under my breath. did that <laughs> doesn't like being whipped didn't like correction despise it but even as an old hard hearted old man as he was he still loved his kids he did it because he was trying to keep us somewhat straight he didn't, I don't think he wanted us destroyed, even though he didn't know the Lord. He whipped us when we needed it. He didn't just whip us to whip us. Anybody that just whips your children to whip them, you got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he did it to try to keep us in line. And so, see, we all, as children of God, we got to be whipped from time to time. We got to be pulled in the line. Sometimes with the preaching, sometimes reading the Word, sometimes in prayer. Sometimes God might send somebody to talk to you. But you got to learn how to take it. I mean, if, if, if you're doing something that ain't quite right, and somebody comes to you and says, listen... Won't you think about this? Look, maybe you should think about this. And, and this is what the Bible says. And try this or try that or whatever. Instead of just brushing them off, I know. Won't you listen? Let it sink in. 
It just might be the advice that God wants you to take that'll help keep you on the right track. This nation is full of rebellion. <laughs> the church is full of rebellion. Schools are full of rebellion. I told somebody, they, man, when we went to school, we got paddled. They didn't call mom and dad, oh, I'm going to paddle your child. Uh-uh, I seen the teacher jerk one up right in the classroom and throw him over his knee in front of everybody and whip his butt. He didn't have to go get a witness. He had about 20 witnesses sitting right there. And you know what it did to the rest of us? That's what it's meant to do. Correction. But today, it's rebellion. And it's being tolerated. It's being pushed. The devil has an evil agenda. He's doing it through social media, through school, through the internet, through the government, any way he can. He's trying to totally corrupt God's system. And God's system operates the first principle based off of the love of of his son Jesus Christ. So you and I, you can't walk around with hatred in your heart. Some of you people that keep bashing Brother Swagger, you need to stop. Your heart ain't right. You ain't, you're fooling yourself. You can't slander a man of God you can't cut down people that are that love God, that are preaching the truth just because they do some things different than what you do and or you don't like it. You can't hate them. I don't hate them. Well, I can't tell it. Looks like a lot of hatred to some of us that know what it looks like. And people... People watching that stuff, listening to that stuff, it, it's, it's confusion. It brings division. And, of course, that's Satan's goal. If he can get people to, to listen to him and, and to doubt what they're preaching, well, there, there you go. Then quit listening. Don't listen to the truth anymore. Throw that Bible out. He ain't right. They quit preaching it. And they say they know the message of the cross, some of them. No, you don't. Because when you do, it goes to work in here first. I, look, I know I, I knew I, I didn't know that. I got involved in some of that stuff years back. And thank God he pulled me out of it and opened my eyes. And he showed me what a nasty, self-righteous spirit some of these people are operating in. And how it can destroy the work of God. It can hinder people from coming to Jesus. And he pulled us out of it, pulled me out of it more than anybody. And thank God, I'm glad that he did. And I had to take some correction. I had to take a paddling. And then I felt, I'm already, you know, this big. Then I felt this big. And I had to withdraw myself from some brothers that are walking disorderly. Because that's not the love of God. That ain't the true love of God. 
That's not the spirit of God. That's the spirit of flesh. And it's, it's, it's manifesting and it's, it's, it's a rebellion. And then you have those that do this stuff because they're jealous. They really would just like to have what Brother Swaggart has, but they can't get it. So the best way to try to get any recognition is to cut them all down. Just how the devil operates. Whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. You know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Here's how we understand the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us. I already put it on the screen. Because he laid down. He willingly took everything you've seen on that screen. Willingly. And as those songs, it says if, he, if it had just been for one, he, is, he would have done it all over. He would have done it if it's just one. And because of him, we can understand the love of God. We can perceive the love of God. And because of that, now we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. It's not just about me. Brian, that was really good tonight. Good little mini sermon. Get ready to preach. It's about giving it to somebody else. The church has been too good at hogging it all. (laughs) Keeping it right here. And we do need to keep it here. We need to keep our hearts right here. We need to keep our love right here. But we need to take it out there. We need to take it to somebody that needs it. You know, the Lord brought somebody down to the the shop last week. A man that he needed some work done on his truck. And just popped up. He said, Melissa told me about you. I work, And I recognized him from the YMCA. And... He said, could you change my oil, do a few things for me? I said, sure, come on in. Come in, got to work on his truck. He walked out. We got to talking. I mean, he just just started talking about the Lord and some things. And, man, before you know it, we were having a, a good old meeting out there in, in the garage while I was working on his. And then the Holy Spirit, I felt it come on me, and I just started saying some stuff. Because he was telling me, he was telling me, he said, I love the Lord. He said, I love the Lord. He said, my life's been changed. He said, I've had a lot of sickness and a lot of health problems. He said, he said, there's this one thing that's plaguing me, and I just can't quit it. And he says, it's chewing, chewing tobacco. And I said, I know all about that. I said, oh, I know exactly what's me. He said, yeah, I used to smoke. And I said, yeah, and you started chewing to quit smoking. I said, yeah, I, I tried the same thing. And then I said, he said, he said, well, you go to church. I said, oh, I pastor the church. <laughs> oh, you do? So I said, you know, he, he said, this thing, he said, this, this bothers me. It's a, one thing that I, 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 and he said, I know. He said, this is what he said. He said, I wouldn't want Jesus to come back. And me 
to have that stuff in my mouth. That's what he said. And he said, and I just, and, and I, I know it ain't right. And I said, you know what? I, I said, you know what? If Jesus come back right now, you go just as quick as I, I would. And I'm going to tell you how I can tell you that because of your heart and what you're sitting there telling me that you don't want it, but you know you can't quit. And then I told him how I got delivered from it. And we had a good old meeting out there in the garage while I worked on his car. And God gave me the opportunity to give him some stuff. And I believe with all my heart there were things that I said that he needed to hear, even though he may not have said much about it. We were talking about, you know, several things. But in the end, I could say that I walked away from having a a conversation with a man that was peaceful, that was right, and I said, I'm going to pray that the Lord's going to deliver you from that chewing tobacco. The Lord can deliver you from it. I said, you, I said, we don't always all get it the same exact way. I said, but if you put your trust in Jesus, I said, if you lay it down and you surrender it. I said, my mother smoked for years. And I said, she said that was the hardest bondage to get delivered from was the cigarettes. And it is. And she tried over and over. She threw them in the trash. She pulled them back out. She go buy more. Until the finally the time came, she said, I got so frustrated. I said, God, I can't do this. I can't quit this. You're gonna have to take this. And I'm, and I'm, and she, she got rid of them. And she said, from then on, she never picked up another one. When you realize that you can't do it, praise God, but He's already done it. You can get your freedom. That's love. But you can't hate your brother. You can't have animosity towards your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Because Jesus died for them just like he did you. I want to go a little further, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to read this verse, but I'll stop. He said it. Whosoever has this world's goods, and if you see that your brother has need, and you shut up your bowels of compassion from him, how dwells the love of God in him? Well, let me let me take it over into the spiritual aspect. How about if you know the truth of God's word, and you know about victory over sin, and you know how people can get free from stuff, and you know people have a problem with it, but you won't offer it to them. But you won't try to talk to them and help them with that problem that they're having. Is it any different than withholding goods, giving somebody something in the natural? It's no different. But he says, if you see your brother, not not the homeless person, your brother, in church, uh, in the family... The born-again Christian who is struggling bad and they desperately need something and you have the means to give it to them and you just walk right on by and stick your nose up in the air and say, let them be. How dwells the love of God in our heart? This is strong stuff. But you know what? It's good. Because it keeps us in check. 
God's love is the only love that will ever fill a man's heart. And that love only comes through Jesus Christ. Now, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a prayer meeting. We're going to all get up, and we're going to come gather around the front, and we're going to love on one another. Well, if you don't want to, you don't have to. You can sit there. But for those of you that want to love on one another, let's have a little love meeting. The love of God. Listen, maybe, maybe let me say this. Maybe there's somebody you need to talk to. Maybe there's somebody you just need to go to. Maybe you need to tell somebody, hey, you know what? I need to apologize to you. And I want to make sure that everything's right between us. Amen. Can you find something back there maybe just to play? And let's just begin to worship the Lord. And let's open our hearts to the good Lord and let him touch us tonight. Father, we, Lord, we need your love. God, we need your mercy. We need your grace. And, Lord, I pray, God, for this church. I pray for every one of us. Lord, I pray that you fill our hearts with love. Lord, greater than we've ever experienced before. Lord, we need that love. God, we need it for the sinners. We need it for the saints. We need it for the lost. We need it for our families. Lord, we need it for people on our jobs. Lord, we ask you to fill our hearts tonight, God. Lord, that we would not allow any bitterness, Lord. That we would not allow any division, Lord. That we would not allow anything to come between us and you, Lord. Lord, we praise you tonight, God. And we ask you, again, fill this house with your love. Lord, bless your people tonight. God, touch us tonight with the goodness of God. With the goodness of God. Turn it up a little bit if you would. Come on, just begin to worship. If you're having a hard time loving somebody right now, sometimes say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me to show your love to people. I love you, Lord. <laughs> this is how it starts because you love Him. Come on, church, just begin to praise Him. From the moment that I wake up, it's all about Jesus. I will sing of the goodness of God. Praise God. God is good. All my life. Thank you, Jesus. All my life have been good. So good. I'm gonna sing of the goodness. Of God. Praise God. Pour it out. Yes, yes,
by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423-744-0774.